0: a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim.
1: And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Today, we return to the Listener
2: Library for a recommendation from our mysterious listener and Patreon supporter, Matt.
0: Matt writes... Hi, y'all. I wanted to request an episode of Richard Diamond, Private Detective, called The House of Mystery Case. I was charmed by the episode you covered and decided to listen to more. Despite the arguably corny musical numbers, which I love for the record, I find the scripts and performances witty and efficient.
1: Richard Diamond, Private Detective, premiered April 24, 1949 on NBC Radio, moving to ABC in January of 1951 before airing its final run of episodes on CBS in the summer of 1953. The program starred Dick Powell as the titular Richard Diamond, an ex-police officer turned wisecracking private eye. Powell began
2: his film career in 1932 as a contract player for Warner Brothers, appearing in a number of small musical roles. The following year, he was cast opposite newcomer Ruby Keeler in the musical 42nd Street. The film was a hit, and the studio paired Powell and Keeler in six more musicals over the next three years, including Gold
0: Diggers of 1933, Footlight Parade, and dames. By the early 40s, Powell felt typecast and feared he was rapidly aging out of his squeaky clean Boy Scout image. Powell's big break came in 1944 when he landed the lead in Murder, My Sweet, Edward Dimitrik’s adaptation of the Raymond Chandler classic, Farewell, My Lovely. Over the next few years, Powell starred in a number of classic noirs, including Cornered, Pitfall, and Cry Danger.
1: Richard Diamond, private detective, married the glib, hard-boiled banter of these later roles with the light comedy of Powell's early career. The epilogue to each story epitomized the program's dueling tones. As Matt mentioned in his email, Diamond celebrated each victory by sitting down at the piano and crooning a song. The end result is either charming or ridiculous, depending on your point of view. Now let's listen to The
2: House of Mystery Case from Richard Diamond, Private Detective. First broadcast, December 10th,
0: 1949. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices.
3: Portions of the following
4: program are transcribed. Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective.
5: Uh, Are you Mr. Diamond?
6: Creditor or client?
5: I'm a client. I'm a diamond. I'm glad.
6: It's a little informal, but hello, glad. Call me Rick.
5: Oh, oh, no, 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 no. My name is, is Julia Bates. Mrs.? Yes, but you don't have to call me Mrs. Bates. I'm a widow, you see. Oh. In fact, it it may help our relationship if you call me Julia. Oh,
3: well, here
6: we go again. All right, Julia, you can call me Rick. The fee's a hundred a day in expenses.
5: I want you to stay at my house tonight.
6: Uh, I said a hundred a day in expenses.
5: Oh, the the, the fee's all right, Mr. Um, Rick. Money means nothing.
6: Yeah, well, you think your way and I'll think mine.
5: I'll make out a check right now.
6: No hurry. Anytime in the next ten seconds. Hmm. Oh, dear. Uh, Thanks. Now, about this assignment.
5: Well, it, it may sound silly, but I'm afraid of the house I live in.
6: Oh, dandy.
5: Well, I said it might sound silly,
6: mm-hmm.
5: but it's deadly serious, I assure you. Oh, I'm sure it is. You see, my husband, Warner Bates, died three months ago. Mm-hmm. He was a very strange man and believed devoutly in many forms of mysticism.
3: Oh, uh, yeah,
5: yeah. Well, he, he built this house as a monument to his beliefs and, and filled it with secret passages and rooms and steps that lead nowhere.
6: Why not move out?
5: Well, I'll be perfectly honest because of the money. Oh, 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 In his will, Warner stipulated I was to live in the house for a period of three months following his death. Three months is up tomorrow. And it doesn't help that Warner is buried in the basement vault.
6: What's he doing? Watching Benny's money?
5: Well, he, he had a crypt built in the cellar and a, a key, the only key to it, was placed in his coffin. Hmm.
6: What's supposed to happen tonight?
5: Well, let let me tell you the whole story. A a month ago, I began to hear the strangest things in the house at night, and I found food half-eaten on the kitchen table.
6: Ever try setting traps?
5: Well, the worst shock came when I went to the cellar a few days ago. I found footprints in the dust, naked footprints, leading to and from the crypt.
6: Maybe he had to take a shower.
5: Oh, please, please let me finish. On his deathbed, Warner swore he'd visit me at the end of the third month, and if he could, take me with him back to the spirit world. Oh. And
6: tonight is the
5: night? Yes. Mm. I did it first. I, I didn't think it would get me, but... Oh, I'm scared. Really scared.
6: Yeah, well, uh, now look, baby. Let's get off this mystic kick. Who inherits if you don't live up to your requirements?
5: Well, that's just it. No one. That is, no person. That The money goes to charities and schools. Mm-hmm. Mr. Anderson, the executor of the estate, says the will is foolproof, legal, and binding. Either I live in the house until noon tomorrow, or the inheritance.
6: So what you wanted me to do is hang around tonight and see that hubby doesn't go death walking.
5: Yes, that's right. Uh, you don't have to be there till dark, but, oh, don't be any later than that. Say, six o'clock? Uh,
6: excuse me. Diamond Detective Agency, freewheeling corpses, ask the man who kills one. <laughs>
5: red. When are you going to
6: stop those awful slogans? Oh, hello, Helen, baby. got to call you back, got a client.
5: Oh, all right. Is
6: she pretty? I don't know. I'm parked behind a curve. What? Oh, forget it. I'll call you back. Bye. Now, uh, uh, Julia, uh, you better go on home. Where's your broom?
5: Broom? Do you think I look like a witch? Mm
6: -hmm. You don't look like one. More like the good fairy after she'd heard about men. Now, you fly on home, sweetheart, and I'll see you at six. Uh,
5: uh, Don't be late.
6: I'll be there with bones on. I tried to uncurl my toes and get my mind on business. Thinking of my spook client didn't seem to help, but it was, uh, business. It was getting pretty late in the afternoon, so I put the office to bed for the night, picked up a bite to eat, and went over to the 5th precinct to keep a coffee date with Lieutenant Levinson. When I walked into the squad room, I spotted Sergeant Otis with his nose and a book. <coughs> now, hello, Otis. What's with the book? Don't tell me you're learning to read. Hey, hey, uh, hey. Hello, Shamus. Uh, How's tricks? The book size it. What's the book? ever, uh, book? Oh, what book? Oh, uh, uh, Lieutenant's inside. He said for you to go right in when you came. Otis, and tell you... Uncle Richard about the book. Oh, it's just a book. Yeah, I was trying to improve myself. Well, don't feel ashamed, Otis. You've got reason to do that. Yeah, very funny. I see. Hmm. The Art of Graceful Dancing. Otis. Well, what's wrong with me dancing, Shamus? I... I don't want to be no social outcast, dancing, well, maybe, but graceful? Otis, you couldn't be graceful even if your feet did match. Tell you what, though, I'll give you a hand. Now, just open your arms and pretend you have a dame. Go on, I'll start you on a waltz. Well, okay. Da-da-dee-dee-dum. dum wee tweet tweet tweet. da da Oh, no, 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 Otis. You look like an elephant with sprained yeah. ankles. Now, try again and close your eyes. Ya, da, dum, dee, 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 Otis, uh, Otis, put me down. Well, uh, oh, oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Lieutenant. I thought you was a dame. You what? Oh, I, I mean, I had my eyes closed. I, I, I was dancing. Oh, Lieutenant, the, the shamers talked me into it. Rick, would you mind telling me what you were doing? Saving Arthur Murray Ulcers. Yeah. Well, come on in and get some coffee. And Otis. Yeah. Shut up. Shall I pour? Uh, please do. You know how I like mine, Walt. Yeah, no cream, 12 lumps. Uh, better change that. I would think so. Okay, how many? Make it 14. Your coffee's stronger than mine. It's not so strong, Nick. Here. Mm, thanks. You better bite that spot off the desk the varnish is beginning to smoke. Your jokes aren't any better. Gonna stick around for the hard game tonight? I can't, Walt. I've got a client with a house full of spirits. What? And the dead kind. With you on the job, there'll be corpses jumping out of every window. Uh, yeah. Well, if they start, I'll give you a call. I know, I know. Why don't you give up being a detective, Rick? Play postman or something. Walt, you just don't seem to appreciate my favors. Uh, oh I'm getting late. It's nearly six. It's a peaceful night, Rick. See if you can't keep it that way. Oh, sure, Walt, sure. This is one night you can take it easy. Uh, give me two more lumps, please. <laughs> Leaving Walt and heading to the Bates house, I was feeling as happy as a bird in a hat full of worms. I had a hundred bucks to stall off the landlord, a lovely red-headed girlfriend with curves, and a spooked client with, uh, troubles. Everything great. Then the storm began to blow up. It had started to rain when I saw the Bates house on Temple Street. A big, ugly house straight out of a horror story, with gables and shuttered windows. And as if that wasn't enough, I was met at the door by a butler who was a tiny thing, about seven feet tall and 300 pounds, with a face like the devil with a hangover. Come in. Oh, uh, yeah, I wanted to see uh, Mrs. Bates, of course. You are Mr. Diamond. She left word with you? I need no word. I am the seventh son of a what? The seventh son of a... Oh, no, this could go on forever. Okay, lead on. The name is Kane. Yeah, how's your brother? Well, forget it. Where's your uh, Mrs. Bates? In the drawing room. This way, sir. Cozy little mausoleum. What time do the ghosts come out? Usually, right after the vampires, sir. Oh, dandy! I hope they have an early show. Oh, it will be soon enough, sir. The dead are restless tonight. Maybe if I rocked them to sleep, I... Got a rock? Mrs. Bates. Mr. Diamond. Oh,
5: thank you, Kane. Uh, Hello, Rick. How how do you like my house?
6: Oh, it's uh, it's lovely. What do you use for doorknobs? Heads? And what's with the big zombie? You didn't mention him.
5: Kane. Oh, he's a fixture around here, but Mm. I get frightened more when he's around than when he's gone.
6: Well, Well, now you take it easy, baby. Come on over and sit down and... Let me chase those fears away.
5: Oh, that is an idea.
6: Name me a better.
5: Uh, Can I fix you a drink?
6: Oh, uh, I think I'll take a glass of
3: milk, sir.
6: Here you are. Oh, now, hey, look, Crusher, put a bell around your neck or something. One more surprise like that, and you'll be best man at a funeral. My apologies. Your milk, sir. Yeah, thanks, sir. Come on, Julia, let's get back to where we were. And you, Kane, you... Hey, where'd he go?
5: Rick. Rick, there it is. Huh? Yeah. Look, th- th- that's the way it starts. Listen. It's the stairs to the cellar. Someone's climbing them.
6: What? Oh, it's probably Cain, right? You wanted me the... Kane? Then who... You wait in here, Julia. I'll go out and get our nosy friends.
5: Uh, the, the cellar door is... The...
6: I left Julia looking as nervous as a one-legged man walking a tightrope and took off down the long hall. There was only one door, the one to the cellar. So I opened it and flipped on the switch. I was moving my ankles down the creaking steps when I heard trouble. What the devil? Julia! Julia! Are you hurt? What is it?
5: Rick! Rick, over there in the closet, a a dead man!
6: A dead... Oh, no.
5: There's
6: no dead man in here.
5: But I saw him, Rick. I swear, there, there was a man in there. He was all bloody, and there was a big knife in his chest. Oh,
6: but you must have been mistaken. About
5: a corpse, Rick. He was there. Oh,
6: I don't see it. A... Oh, wait a minute.
5: Uh,
6: You're on the floor. Blood stains. You
5: see, there was a man in there.
6: Hmm, this is blood, all right. But where'd the body go? He couldn't have been moved that fast. Unless... Where's Kane? Right here, Mr. Diamond. But I did not move the dead one. No? Where were you just now when Julia screamed... Having tea with a vampire? No, I was in the kitchen, sir. Do not be mystified, Mr. Diamond. Accept the fact that you are in a house controlled by the other world. There's been a murder, Kane, and that brings it into this world.
5: Who are you calling? A
6: real-life cop who likes to know about dead bodies kicking around. Lieutenant Levinson, homicide. Walt, Rick. Oh, no. I know that tone. Where's the body? I wish I knew... Come on over to 209 East Temple Street. Wait. What do you mean, you wish you knew? Is there a body there? Well, it's here someplace. Now, don't argue. Get over here. Wait, wait. And wait. hurry. Now, Kane, you can go back to the kitchen, but stay there. Don't roam around. As you wish, sir. And now, Julia, baby, we're going to do some investigating.
5: Uh, investigating?
6: That's right. I got to begin to see what's in that vault downstairs. And this time, I'm taking you with me.
5: But, Rick, it's locked.
6: I hope so, but I'm not making book.
5: You, you mean you think it may actually have been Warner come back from the dead? And then kill that man, I mean?
6: Right now, I don't know what to think. I wouldn't be surprised to run into Dracula sitting on top of the wolf man. Here's the basement. Hey, who turned out the light? I know I turned it on before. Yeah, that's better. Come on.
5: Oh, Rick, it's down here. Oh, hurry, Rick. I'm getting scared. Yeah,
6: I don't like the feel of it myself, but I want to check this vault.
5: See? See the footprints there in the dust?
6: I see them, but I don't believe them. Not yet. Yeah, I'll try the door of the vault.
5: <gasps> Why, it's unlocked.
6: Yeah, and look what's inside.
5: The coffin is empty.
6: It's empty, all right, and it's open. What?
5: Well, are you going inside?
6: Uh, no, no. I I think I'll stay out here.
5: <gasps> The light. Rick, who put out the light? It
6: wasn't Edison, baby. We got company. Okay. Julia. Oh. I
7: told you I'd come back for you.
3: Ronald? Hey, what is
7: this? I am dead. Oh. You know who I am, don't you,
5: Julia? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I know it's you, Honor.
7: I'm coming for you tonight, Julia. I will appear at 9 o'clock.
6: I'd better set my watch. Be
7: prepared to meet me, Julia, at 9
5: o'clock. No, 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 no. Take, take oh, it no. easy, baby. Rick, you
6: down
7: there? Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, well, turn on the lights.
6: Sure. There, they're on. Rick, what are you doing? Th- oh, a uh, block. I should have known. Well, do come upstairs and join me. We're coming off. <laughs> now, what is this all about, Rick? Wait the... hey, a minute, Walt. Otis, help Mrs. Bates into the living room. She's pretty shaken up. Sure, Seamus. Come on, lady. Now, what is all this about, Rick? Now, come on back downstairs with me, Walt, and get your gun out. Somewhere in this cellar is a dead man with a lousy sense of humor. we searched the long cellar but good while I briefed Walt on the events of the evening. Neither was much of a success. Walt didn't believe me and our ghost remained a ghost. As we went back up into the living room, I was at a point where I didn't believe the things myself. They couldn't have happened, but they had. Hey, uh, Otis, where did Mrs. Bates go? She went upstairs to pack Shama said she was going to leave. Leave? And give up her dough? Oh, for Pete's sake, she can't... Not just because of this ghost house. Ghost house? Oh, this is the wackiest yet. Rick, if I didn't know you were so... Walt, do I look like I'm happy about these things? I'm at a point where I'm believing in spooks and spirit worlds and dead men who talk from out of nowhere. Yeah, so the chalmers is afraid of spooks. This I'm loving. Otis. Uh, I know, Lieutenant. Shut up. Did I say that, Otis? Well, no, Lieutenant. What do you want me to do? Shut up. Gee, I wish I had a glass of... A glass of water, Sergeant. (laughs) Oh, come out from behind that chair, Otis. It's only Cain. Who's he? Well, didn't he let you in? No, we found the door open. When we rang and no one answered, we came in. Oh, did you? Hey, Kane, where were you? Didn't you hear the doorbell? I knew the door was open, Mr. Diamond. And I was busy. Like maybe playing ghost? No, sir. Baking a cake. Cake? Oh, swell. Rick?
5: I'm all packed. Will, will you take me to a hotel? Oh, but,
6: Julia, look, you can't leave. Think of the money. Money
5: or no money. I'm getting out of here, Rick. That was Warner's voice, and I, I, I just don't have the nerve to stay. Oh, but
6: look, baby, you know there aren't any such things as ghosts. Do
5: I? You were in the cellar with me. You heard him. And did you find anybody down there afterwards?
6: Well, no, but... Just a minute, Mrs. Bates. You saw a murdered man earlier this evening, didn't you? You
5: know I did in that closet. Yeah,
6: well, until I find out who he is and who killed him, you don't leave this house.
5: But, but, but Warner... I'm
6: sorry, Julia. We'll protect you, but you can't leave. Otis, take Mrs. Bates into the library and make her comfortable. Yellowton. Come on, Mrs.
3: Bates.
6: Well, oh. Now, Rick, enough is enough. How could there have been a body in that closet one minute and not the next? Where did it go and why? Well, how the devil should I know? She saw it, screamed, I ran back, opened the closet, and it was gone. Oh, great. Now, come on. I want a better look at that closet. Well, it looks all right. wonder how it sounds. Use your gun butt on the walls.
3: Now. Oh, now, now,
6: yeah. yeah, this is it. Yeah, but where's the latch? Must be some way to open this section. Try those hooks. Yeah. No, no, not them. Mm. Maybe this rack. Hey, look. Secret room, just like in the movies. Oh, oh, well, there he is. Yeah, we found the corpse, Walt. And how he disappeared so fast. Oh, some mess. Blood all over him. Walt, hey, this is no corpse. What? Oh, now don't start that. No. Well, look at it closer, Walt. A dummy. Well, I'm... it is a wax dummy with blood smeared on it. No wonder I wasn't meant to see it. Oh, this is it. I'm getting out of this crazy house. Corpses that talk, corpses that aren't corpses. I've had enough. This is just plain ridiculous. Now, wait, Walt. Someone planted this dummy, and someone is trying to scare Mrs. Bates out of this house. That same someone is in this house right now, and if he isn't stopped, it may mean her murder. <laughs> How are you feeling, Julia?
5: I'm exhausted, Rick, but I, I... We found
6: the body, Julia. It was a dummy.
5: A dummy? Well, then... Then there wasn't any murdered man?
6: No. This whole thing is a bluff, even that voice in the cellar.
5: Oh, no, that couldn't be. That was Warner's voice, Rick. I know it was. And he's not in his coffin.
6: I know, baby, and I think that's all phony, too. Now, tell me, who knew that only key in the coffin business?
5: Well, just myself. And, and Mr. Anderson. Anderson? Oh, that's right. You remember. He was Warner's lawyer.
6: Oh, yeah. How about Kane? Did he know of the key?
5: Well, I don't know, Rick. He may have Warner confided in him a great
6: deal. Rick, this isn't getting us any place. Come with me. Otis, you stay with Mrs. Bates. Yelta. All right, Walt. What are we going to do? Grill the dummy? Go ahead. Be funny. But I want to search this whole house. Oh, Walt, this place is a nuthouse full of secret rooms and hocus pocus. It'll take two maps and a Ouija boy to get around it. Well, I'm going to get around it, and up these stairs is as good a place as any to start. Hello, Walt. Oh, stairs that lead to a blank wall. Rick, that's too much. Now, would you stop playing games? Playing games, he says. Oh, where is my bicarbonate? Here you are, Lieutenant. Ah. Sorry to be late. Where's the thunder, cane, You're Mr. Q. Will there be anything else, sir? I don't see how, sir. Not unless Frankenstein drops in for a game of Jacks. I doubt if he will. Tonight it's at his house. so. I'll be on hand if you need anything. We won't. Go on back to your embalming. Come on, Walt. You feeling okay? Oh, I'll never feel okay again. Rick, I've stood for your getting me mixed up in some crazy cases. But this night, I'll never forget. Oh, don't quit on me now, Walt. We still have to find that spook and keep Julia from being killed. How? Please, tell me how. Look, he said he was going to appear at 9 o'clock tonight to take her to the spirit world with him. Yeah, well, I'll get a squad down here to see that he doesn't. No, no, Walt, wait. Wait. He'll never show up if we're all hanging around, right? Well, yeah. The only way we can catch the ghost is for him to show up, right? Yeah, go on. So what do we do? So we pretend to leave, make a big fuss about giving the whole thing up. Then we sneak back in and hide. We wait and see if he shows up, and when he said he would, and if he does, we nab it. Case closed. Well, it sounds screwy, but to wind this case up, I'll buy anything. Where do we hide? We'll get Julia to wait in the living room. We'll sneak back and hide in that secret room behind the closet. If the ghost shows, we can grab him as soon as he gives himself away. And I think he'll show. After getting Julia to agree to the idea, Walt, Otis, and I made a big thing about leaving the house. Then we sneaked back in and hid in the secret room back of the living room closet. The closet door was open enough so we could see Julia pretending to read on the couch... And for the next few centuries, we waited. Waited for a dead man to keep a date. What time is it, Rick? It's two minutes to nine. If he's going to show, it won't be long. Hey, you think a dead man really can come back to life? If you don't shut up, Otis, I'll give you a personal chance to try. I wish he'd hurry. Yeah. Well, it's just time now. I hope Julia plays her part okay. She looks pretty nervous. No, why would she be nervous? She's only waiting for a dead man. A phony dead man, Walt, I hope. Now, don't you start believing in ghosts. You know there aren't any hey, such things.
0: Hey. Rick, the lights went out. Shh. Listen. I told you I would come
6: for you, Julia. It is nine
5: o'clock. Oh, Connor, please, please don't take me out. I don't want to die. I Rick, that's to... him.
6: Shh. Wait a minute, Walt. I am the dead Julia. I am your husband. Yes,
5: yes, I know you are. You
6: must leave this house, do you?
5: No. Come on,
6: Walt. Right.
5: And now oh, let's be quiet. Oh,
6: oh, I will. I know enough not to make endor- but... <sighs> any noise.
5: What was
6: that? Rick!
3: Rick! Hurry! Come on,
6: let's grab him. We all took off after the ghost. It led us on the screwiest chase yet. In and out of the secret passages, upstairs, and then back downstairs again. Trying to lay hands on him was like trying to swat a fly with a piece of string. He finally made a break for the outside door. Then, not to be outdone, I made like a big athlete. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, that was a pretty nifty tackle, type. Rick, Rick, are you okay? Yeah. As soon as I get this hood off, I'm going to have a few words of this spook. There. He's out cold. Oh, just bring Mrs. Bates in here. Oh. Come on, you. Wake Uh-oh. up. Who is he? I don't know. Come on, wake up. Before I make a real ghost out of you. Oh, okay. Okay, don't hit me anymore, please. Yeah. Here she is, Lieutenant. Mrs. Bates, do you know who this man is?
5: What? Why? Well, it's Warner's lawyer, Mr. Anderson, the executor of the estate.
6: Sure, baby, had to be. All right, Buster, what's the story?
5: Oh, all right, all right was the money. If I could get
6: Julia to break the will, I... I had a dummy charity set up so I could get the estate. He's all yours, Walt. Wrap him up. It'll be a pleasure. Hold Put the cuffs on him. Take him out of here. Yeah, Lieutenant. Come on, Spooky. Well, that takes care of that. Hey, what about Kane? He must have known about all this. Of course I knew, Lieutenant. But I did not wish to intrude. Those who interfere with the dead... Pay their own penalty. Lose their haunting license? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, sir, my cake is done. Would you like some? It's devil's food. No, thanks. I'll skip it. With Ah. Uh, Julia, walk me into the door.
5: Well, of course, Rick.
6: I'll leave you with Cain, Walt. Tell him a ghost story. Feeling all right, baby?
5: Oh, yes, much better. I'm fine now that I know there's nothing to be afraid of. Tomorrow I'll be moving into an apartment. Uh, will you come and see me? We have things to talk over.
6: Like what, honey?
5: Like sharing a mood. You know. Just the two of us.
6: With that, she reached up and showed me what she meant with a big smoochie. Oh, I'd have probably stuck around, but I was afraid the house would be too disturbing. I wouldn't have minded having to get up to chase the bats out of the room, but with Kane showing up every time I wanted something, well, that could have led to complications. So I left Walt and Otis to clean things up, bid a not-too-fond farewell to Kane, and went from the house of Howard to the one that was full of redhead and the piano. The redhead was wearing a red dress with a new... Uh, uh, you know what I mean.
5: Well, Didn't think you were going to make it.
6: Uh, I had a tough case tonight, honey. Thought I might not get away at all.
5: hmm I'll bet you did.
6: Why, Helen, baby, all of a sudden you sound
5: suspicious. Without any effort, darling. Especially when it comes to blondes. Uh,
6: blondes? You mean girls?
5: Girls. Blonde girls with hair like this on your lapel. Oh. And the lipstick on your cheek and the look in your eyes. Oh, you
6: know how it is, honey. Brilliant detective saves clients' life and fortune. She had to be grateful.
5: <laughs> brilliant detective. Just Keep on making me so jealous of you. And one of these days, the world is going to lose a brilliant detective. No.
6: Someone going to rub out Sam Spade? Oh.
5: What's the use?
6: Oh, now, baby, don't be mad. Come on, let's next. No.
5: I'm upset and I'm unhappy.
6: If I sing, will you be happy again? No, no. Well, I'll try. I'll think my real old head off.
7: I need your love so badly. I love you oh so madly. But I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you. I thought at last I'd found you, but other love surround you, and I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you, Are you if you'll surrender just for a tender kiss or two. You might discover that I'm the lover meant for you And I'd be true But what's the good of scheming? I know I must be dreaming But I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you
6: You sang nice. Do we neck?
5: No. No, oh, it's still early enough to catch a late show.
6: Well, if I take you to the show. Uh, yes. Okay. What's the show you want to see?
5: Oh, it's a wonderful horror picture full of spooks. The Ghost Talk.
6: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs>
4: have just heard Richard Diamond, private detective starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Joan Banks, Paul Fries and Robert Clark. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Portions were transcribed. Tonight's story was written by Herb Purdom and edited and directed by Blake Edwards. Dick Powell soon will be seen in the screen version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. Now, this is Tal Avery, inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. What's on NBC tomorrow? There's great comedy in store for you on the Phil Harris, Alice Faye show when Phil and Frankie go shopping for Alice's Christmas present. And there's excellent drama on Theater Guild on the Air. Tomorrow, Richard Conti, Diana Lynn, and Shirley Booth will be starred in the Pulitzer Prize-winning play, Street Scene, on Theater Guild on the Air.
0: That was the House of Mystery Case from Richard Diamond, Private Detective, here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. That came to us from our listener and Patreon, Matt. And uh, I believe he alludes to that we've, we've done one other Richard Diamond in the history of this uh, podcast. Yes, Just uh, we one.
2: had our Patreon, Evan, on the podcast, and he mm-hmm. chose a Richard Diamond. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm going to rip a Band-Aid off here. Ow! uh, Not off you. (laughs) But put
2: it back on. (laughs) Gross. You should see a doctor, whatever that is. I can pop that.
0: (laughs) Here's where Richard Diamond doesn't have a fair fight with me. Because there are two shows like this and the other one kicks its ass. And that's Candy Matson. Candy Matson is funnier, faster, better than the same style other than the song at the end it's very similar to me you don't find them similar do you
2: i just don't understand someone who would only have room for one no very funny private detective no show, i'm saying when I, you could have room in your heart for two
0: <laughs> i'm not saying i hate it i'm saying that candy Matson does it for me better this style i don't find them equal i find this not as clever not as not as well delivered than she does do you know what i'm saying? Uh, but if I'd never heard Candy I'd go, that's clever and well delivered.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with your assessment of these two. For me, they are not so similar.
0: Oh.
2: Yeah, I didn't even think of Candy Matson listening to this because I, I love Dick Powell, so I'm just like right. sit down and oh. like Dick Powell. I say that every time I listen. Dick, Dick Powell. <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep Zip.
0: Dick Powell. Um, <laughs>
2: That's like the, the '60s Batman. Dick Powell. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't ever want a Dick Powell.
0: <laughs> Here's my question. Uh, let's get this out of the way before jo- Josh was already mad at me. So let's just. <laughs> Do you like the song at the end that they do, or do you, as Tim alluded to in his part of the reading, it's either charming or ridiculous, right? Uh, do you find the song at the end of Richard Diamond f- charming or ridiculous?
2: It's super charming, particularly because it's a uh, Powell. I yeah. Mean, it, that's what he did. So it's mm-hmm. this winking acknowledgement that that was his previous career as a right. crooner. And I have lots of Dick Powell records because I think he's great. I do too. Um, and I think. The fact that they're able to integrate those two, they create a show in which that is not incongruous, in my opinion. Tonally, I, it shifts effortlessly because he is able to marry those two styles
0: so well, in my opinion. It's jarring to me, and I think mm-hmm. I mentioned this last. It's jarring to me. I love Dick Paul. I have Dick Paul albums. Love him, right? How many? We're get really competitive now. <laughs> <laughs> I a
2: gajillion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love Dick Powell. I would listen to a whole program of the Dick Powell Hour where really, he's singing, right? Dick Powell. But uh, but
2: do you love Murder My Sweet when he plays Philip Marlowe? So I love both the crooning Dick Powell and hard-boiled Dick Powell mm-hmm. is
0: hard-boiled. So mm-hmm. it's like
2: someone took two of my favorite things and mash mm-hmm. them together.
0: I either want one or the other.
2: You like don't mm-hmm. like any of your food touching on a plate, right?
0: Oh, you're <laughs> so wrong. I'm the guy that wants oh, yeah. it all in a bowl mixed oh, together okay. and put on bread. <laughs> Everything, whatever Kentucky Fried Chicken comes up with, I'm like, good job. Everything you come up with, I'm like, that's exactly how I eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. Keep doing that. Bucket of food. Bucket of food. Hell yeah. How is this not bucket of food?
3: It is.
2: Great review of Richard Diamond Private Detective. It's a bucket of food. With jokes,
3: yeah,
2: I really don't know. good jokes, in my opinion.
0: I, I agree. You're not hearing me. It Candy Matson makes well, see, it. She it, makes me laugh harder.
2: As long as you open this comparison up, here's how I would say they're different. Candy Matson is funny as a whole. Mm-hmm. There are occasionally one or two really laugh out loud lines, but it, it's sort of of a piece. Yeah. Whereas Dick Powell has great punchlines. It's just like joke, joke, joke. Mm-hmm. It, it hits this tone between hard-boiled, and Groucho Marx. And yeah. It's Blake Edwards, uh, which we didn't mention in the
1: opening, so that doesn't surprise me. Right, This is where I lean a little more towards, Eric, of why I enjoyed this. Like, when this started, the theme music itself just made me like, oh, this is pleasant, and I'm happy, and this yep. is charming. And the individual jokes me like, this is little old chestnut jokes, but I'm still having a good time. The whole thing for me, like, this is fun um, well, this wasn't particularly the hard-boiled end, I suppose, of Richard diamond but... This is a lighter-hearted Richard Diamond, for um, sure. Actually, and I should qualify that of, in general, like, this is uh, a good time, it's relaxing, it's soothing, it's charming. And then there's Paul Freeze who was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Freeze
2: you recognize, as the I- lisping butler.
0: No, I did not recognize until this very much. I loved The Lisping Butler, although oh. it was like a, I don't know, a, a farce. It was like the movie Clue. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. He would just, hello, and they'd be like, ah! And the, the it was a thunder, great basically bit. basically
1: just walking around carrying the Haunted Mansion
0: with him. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I didn't know that was Paul Frees. I did not, but it, fantastically funny bit. Oh my
1: God, I love But that.
0: you do have to approach this episode with, okay, we're in for comedy. There is yeah. no suspense, crime, or horror. I no,
2: mean, it's a pastiche of yeah, the horror yeah. genre, which I thought was yeah. appropriate for our podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely it is. Again, as always, I have to shift gears. And then I shifted gears, and then he sings, and I have to shift gears. And I hate shifting gears. <laughs> Don't make me shift gears. There needs to be some kind of warning. Eric, I'm about to shift gears. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you I know you like- we've had a good time, but let's take it down a little bit right now.
0: <laughs> Do you like the singing at the end of Richard Diamond? He answered it. I answered it. Oh, yes, I did. You Again, like- it's
1: uh, that was the, the charming bit of like, oh, okay. this little banter between him and his girlfriend. You know, like their relationship is messed
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh. But I, uh,
1: I'm not dating this guy. I'm going to sit here and enjoy his song.
2: Uh, I uh just think there's so many great turns of phrase in here. Uh, the you know, happy as a bird in a hat full of worms just (laughs) makes
3: me laugh. Uh, I'm
2: saving Arthur Murray from an ulcer. There's just it's you know, and again, I think some of these jokes are quality, on I think there may be less, um rickety than maybe tim or you do but it, it is like the marx brothers it's about it's has a safety net of quantity yeah. just in case <laughs> yes uh one of them doesn't land for you the next one will be right around the moving. corner but i love things like uh very groucho marx when julia says i'll make a checkout right now and he says no hurry anytime in the next 10 seconds and it's not so much that that by itself is a great joke there's an example of that it's just like everything you say i'm gonna have something Funny-ish to say to you. Right. I appreciate that. And some of them get a little weird and surreal when he's on the phone with Helen, when uh, Julia's still in the office, and Helen asks, is she pretty? And he says, I don't know. I'm parked behind a
1: curb. <laughs> and it's not like, okay, I figure this one out.
0: <laughs> I spent four seconds and moved on. Should someone tell me what the joke is there. I think it's
1: like he's it's he wants to drive forward with her, but there's some sort of... Barry. I
2: think it's that he can't make out all the features yet, and he'll get. Now we're explaining a joke, which is the best way to kill it. It's funny, just trust me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no!
0: Explain it!
1: I think if he wants to move forward with this girl, he's gonna have to really rev up the engine and probably go over a bump that's gonna damage the car. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. No! He's basically saying, don't. I'm driving right now,
2: honey, I can't talk. <laughs> if you know what I mean.
0: He just said something. (laughs) I know. That's why it's very Marxian. It's like like our friend Dan Hetzel used to a Bing Crosby impression that he would just say stuff. That's well, bigger than a banana boat on a pancake afternoon. he <laughs> <Like you> just, <laughs> just say stuff, and it would sound so good coming out of Bing's mouth. And you go, that's obviously funny. And you realize, no, it's just. He didn't just, say anything. I don't know, but uh, I'm still parked behind the curb, if you know what I mean. No, no, you're just saying things. Uh,
2: when the butler says, the dead are breathless tonight. And he says, maybe if I rock them to sleep, you got to rock? That Mark's Brother style delivery and joke is just always wins with me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I might be alone over here in my no, little uh, Marx not. Brother corner, but... You are um, not.
0: It's like th- we're married. You are not listening to me.
3: <laughs> I
0: like? think it's great. Your Fight.
2: relationship is messed up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sing you a song now, Eric. <laughs> Would you just please acknowledge that I like it? <laughs>
2: sure. You just Thank don't you. like it the way I want you to like it. <laughs> right. See, we are married. <laughs> Uh, okay, this is the funniest part of it to me And uh, then I'll be done describing jokes But uh, <laughs> when Julia is describing the whole scenario Like, oh, I'm married to this creepy guy And he died and buried in a crip uh, Powell, I don't even... It's got to be ad lib I don't know It can't be scripted It's just in the background doing these really funny hmm uh, mm-hmm. I think this is, <laughs> Active listening sounds that just killed me. I actually rewound and listened to it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I think what it is, is that I listen to it, and maybe it's because I like Dick Powell so much. There's just sort of a contagious fun to his performance. Like, I sense that he's just having a blast.
0: <laughs> I want to write a play where the butler just appears like that. It's just such a funny bit. He's so fast. I'm trying to think. And, it's reminding me of something, and I can't put my finger on it, that... They're right there. Oh, uh, Young Frankenstein.
1: I was just thinking of that. That's the bit. Igor. Igor,
0: yes.
2: Thank you. Oh, but Levinson, the lieutenant, is it? Or I can't remember who it is. The main cop. Mm -hmm. Um, After we've seen all those bits where the butler just appears, he does it to him and appears to him, and he does this weird scream. He does this little...
3: "Ah!"
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) And then they do the whole meta thing and... Dick Powell goes, You missed your cue. Right, <laughs> right. The one slightly hard boiled thing is when Rick slaps a, a confession out of the guy at the end. Yes. Yep. Yeah, which is. There's
0: fun. an extra slap in there that's unnecessary. Yep. Yeah, I know.
2: Because <laughs> I was thinking, Oh, this is really Scooby Doo. And then he's mm. like slaps and slap. like, oh, you're yeah, like Scooby Doo. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to see Shaggy and Scooby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: slap him, Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. I know he's already about to confess, but hit him again. <laughs> It's the caretaker of the amusement park. <laughs> Slap him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. And just I am a sucker for meta humor. So at the end when uh, Helen is talking about, you know, keep making me jealous and the world will be out a great detective. And he goes, Is somebody gonna kill Sam Spade? Yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> <sighs>
0: Well, other than all that.
2: And the song is I Don't Stand a Ghost of a Chance with Yeah, you. Come yeah.
0: on, Eric. Yeah. I love the song. Kinda. <laughs> it's <laughs> that, not me. That, it's you, Richard Diamond. That <sighs> bucket of food doesn't work for me. <laughs> but it does work for me. I found it funny. There's nothing uh, strenuous about it. Here's Do you want to know? Here's my Richard Diamond. You ready? Here's my entire... Here it is. Here we go. Okay. We're waiting. (laughs) I put on YouTube... (laughs) I put on some old-time radio show off of YouTube, right? right. And YouTube says, Mm -hmm. hey, here's something you're going to love. And then I fall asleep, and then it continuously plays. It just goes to the next thing. I'll wake up sometime 2 in the morning and realize I'm in an episode of Richard Diamond. Because it eventually always takes me back to Richard Diamond. And I'll go, oh, okay, I'll listen to this until I fall back asleep. And then he starts to sing. And I go, "Ah, no. (laughs) But somehow YouTube always takes me back to Richard Diamond. Like I can start at any old time radio show and eventually I'm in four hours of Richard Diamond.
2: Because YouTube knows your preferences. It is telling you something. It knows better than I do. It knows you better than you know you. It's that simple. Uh, there's also a great Jack Benny joke in here. You heard that? Yeah. Noted. Mm-hmm.
0: Jack Benny joke. <laughs> but what was the joke again? I forgot it. It was good. Oh, something about being miserly. Yeah, he's yeah. watching over Benny's vault. Vault, yes. right, right. In, in the basement,
2: yeah. Well, that's been me just recounting jokes I like for 15 minutes. Uh, thanks for your participation, gentlemen. Matt and I are going to go get a drink, apparently. Uh <laughs>
1: I don't know what It's totally true. Uh, we both
2: liked it. Yeah. It was like, we just liked did, it wrong. You guys did know that we were going to record a podcast about this. You did prepare some sort of comments, right? But <laughs> there's...
0: N- <laughs> th- Plot-wise, there's nothing to talk about. And uh, we liked Paul well, Freeze. That was funny.
1: But yeah, the whole thing was so disarming to me. Of It took away my, my sitting there critical all like. That's good. <laughs> I was a passive enjoyer yeah. okay. of it. I've given you guys a hard time,
2: but uh, what this does remind me of is that Early on when I was thinking of old time radio podcasts and we started this, I thought, oh, you know, what? would be a fun like side podcast with this back when I thought we were like made of time <laughs> and then we'd ever be able to do two podcasts. But like, hey, we all do comedy. Wouldn't it be fun to do sort of a. Comedy version of the mysterious old radio where right. we diagnose, mm-hmm. diagnose, <laughs> where we dissect Boop. comedy. Right. <laughs> Clear? You uh, have comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's terminal. Uh, but whenever we get something that's comic on the podcast, I have noticed that we just run out of things to say, and it's hard to talk about it without just saying <laughs> that <laughs> this was funny. Bit, or, this. I didn't think that was that funny. I feel like in my memory I've had these conversations with other comedians, really deep mm. discussions about comedy and how it works, but for some reason on the podcast that just never seems to happen.
0: But I will And oh, maybe
2: I'm with the wrong guys.
0: Right. <laughs> Is this leading somewhere? <laughs> I will tell you this that we've had Candy Mattson and please, I'm not trying to rub your face in something or rub
2: my face and candy mats and please
0: <laughs> we've had discussions about the comedy of candy mats and then, and then gone into the plot of candy mats and, mm-hmm. and the interesting twists and turns and the moments and all that. This story doesn't mm-hmm. uh, lead to that. Like it's so inconsequential it's all about the jokes, and then he sings.
2: Yeah, and um, this is an is. outlier for Richard Diamond. Not mm-hmm. uh, This is a comedy episode. Like the one we listened yeah. to with Evan had yeah. a hard-boiled plot mm-hmm. and exactly. humor wrapped around it. So yes, this is different from some of the others.
0: Well, should we send it to a vote? Yes. It's not one of my favorite uh, of the Richard Diamonds. So it was fine, and it, we had some really funny moments, but... I will say this. I'll give it this. I think it stands the test of time uh, for the genre that it is, especially the Butler. The Butler's worth <laughs> everything. That's a really funny bit.
2: This is hard because once you enter comedy territory, this I think it just gets more subjective. So saying things like it stands the test of time because it would have varied greatly the day it was broadcast. Who thought this was funny and who? Thought it wasn't. It's just far more subjective, right. I think, than drama, personally. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to judge it that way. So I'm just going to say for me, I expressed my love of Dick Powell, and uh, I think a lot of those one liners really land quite well. And it's a pastiche of things I love. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I can understand if listeners uh, perhaps didn't. I can't understand if you guys didn't. Not... <laughs>
0: but we did like it. It's just giving you a hard time. <laughs> What well, don't you understand? <laughs> we'll talk about it at home, Eric.
1: <laughs>
0: People are listening, Joshua.
1: <laughs> Why do you have to fight? <laughs> it's my fault.
2: Well, that's something Eric and I can
0: <laughs> It is. Go to your room.
1: The, yes, the, the exact thing of, of this being comedy, it moment by moment mostly stands the test of time and then every <laughs> once in a while it'll have some uh, little jarring thing and we scream Touched on, but didn't like the Blake Edwards aspect of it. That once I heard that name, it was the humor of that, and later Blake Edwards' works, like it resonated for me. Of like, yes, this is enjoyable and fun, and also a little uh, wobbly in the way that all Blake Edwards things are to me. Um, so yes, it stands the test of time, mostly a little wobbly sometimes, is what I would give it. That's a new category, wobbly. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like
0: it. Tim, keep talking and tell them stuff.
1: Hey, please go visit ghoulishlights.com. There's other episodes of this podcast here. You can hear us talk about Richard Diamond uh, before this when we were young and naive. What did we think then? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> you can leave comments on episodes. You can send us messages. If you want to request something, send us a message. Let us know. We'll add it to the list. Um, we can also link to our social media pages, to our threadless store, buy some swag, or our Patreon page.
2: Yes, you can go to patreon.com slash themorals and support this podcast. You can be like Matt. Thank you again, Matt, for the uh, suggestion as well as supporting us on Patreon. We all loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I really did, unlike these other two. (laughs) Uh, So please, uh, join us on Patreon. There is all sorts of great perks. You can join us for Zoom happy hours. You can join uh, me for the... uh, mysterious old book club where we get together on zoom and you guessed it discuss a book uh, we have bonus podcasts we have secrets of the mysterious old radio we have b-sides where we listen to uh supplementary material to support a uh, different podcast we've listened to on the main podcast so it's full of exciting material You just have to pay a little bit of money.
0: And if you'd like to see us performing audio theater, uh, our theater company, the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, does audio theater of classic old time radio recreations and a lot of our own original audio theater so if you'd like to see us do some radio drama on stage go to ghoulishdelights.com or mysterious old radio listening to see where we're performing when we're performing and what we're performing and get a ticket and come see us either online or in person because we do live stream all of it what is coming up next next is your pick eric oh right i was supposed to be prepared for
2: that <laughs> After we gave him some time to prepare, Eric chose an episode of Inner Sanctum entitled The Voice on the Wire. Until then...
3: Look out! Dick! Powell. <laughs> <laughs>